Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Another Friday, another episode of Why Are We Bullish? Very happy to have you all here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I've got a beverage going. If you care to join me, then please do. Uh, we'll be pulling up the live chat in a moment. We've got an awesome panel today. We do have some technical difficulties. We'll see if we can sort them and get everybody in here. But if not, then uh, we will default and and uh, have a uh, one of our guests join us next week, but we'll we'll play it by ear and see what happens. Nonetheless, this is live, as I stated, and of course, anything can happen. So I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. If you have not already, please do like, subscribe, share, all those things, super important, that little like button just below the screen, give that a smash and please those algorithmic guts, uh, give this a share on whatever socials that you may be on. And of course, uh, subscribe. I'm on the war path to hopefully a hundred K before the end of 2024. That's the goal. Yeah. It's tough out here as an educator. Uh, I, I, I don't spend every day telling people how rich they're going to be. So the, the, it's subs are hard to come by. So help me on my path. Uh, but nonetheless, thank you guys so much being for being here. I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin. Before we dive in, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. This is timechaincalendar.com and simultaneously I am now pulling up the side chat over to the right. For better or worse, all of your comments will now be visible for all to see. Uh, but back to timechaincalendar.com and uh, we're sitting at $38,756 per coin. A single US dollar will uh, set you a uh, will uh, grab you 2,580 sats. Uh, in terms of fees, next block, 51 sats per byte. Anytime, 22 sats. Mempool is purging anything sub 11 sats per V byte. And in terms of Bitcoin mined, 19.56 million of them. That's 93.14% of the entire supply. Uh, shout out to sponsors of the show. HODLHODL.com if you're stacking sats and you have some priorities in mind, including peer-to-peer -peer trading, instant self-custody, no KYC. This is an easy place to go. You can sign up with nothing more than an email address. Once you're in, choose a currency, a payment method, and an amount, and you can start viewing offers immediately. They also have peer-to-peer -peer lending with no rehypothecation. Links are down below, and you can check out my tutorials as well. Of course, uh, you want to be securing your Bitcoin with some awesome, reliable stuff. Of course, I love my cold card. I love my tap signers and all the goodies that CoinKite brings. And of course, my block clock on the shelf behind me is uh, a staple. I pre-ordered the hell out of the cold card queue. Uh, so if you want to check them out, uh, links are in the show notes, coinkite.com. You can use code BTC Sessions for 5% off everything in the store. Uh, backups are also important. Cedor has an awesome and robust steel option called, uh, of course, Cedor. They've got a disc and capsule design. This will protect your seed from the elements, fire, water, corrosion, all that stuff. And the cool thing about this one is if you do need to swap out the seed, you don't need to swap out like the entire thing. You can swap out the discs and it's still robust enough to you know, withstand a hydraulic press or 
you know, the fires of hell. Uh, so it's all there for you. So you can check it out. Uh, they have starter sets for one or two seeds and there's links below, but depending on the best shipping for you. Um, Nunchuck has you covered with your assisted multi-sig needs. I've covered their Honey Badger program, uh, which is basically setting up a multi-sig on your mobile device. You can use things like tap sign or cold card, seed sign, or all these different options. Um, and once you get set up, you've got baked in inheritance planning. So your stats get to your next of kin if anything should happen to you. And the cool part is also no KYC. You don't need to give up your private information to have this set up and working for you. And finally, shout out to Start9, your sovereign computing solution. These guys give you plug and play options to set up uh, your whole Bitcoin stack and your personal data as well. So you can run Bitcoin Core, Lightning, Mempool, files, passwords, photos, uh, Nostra realizing clients and some AI stuff too. Lots of options out there, but they've got uh, everything from entry level all the way up to what I'm running, which is the Start9 server pure. So be sure to check them out. Links are down below. And with that, I'm going to quit my rambling and I'm going to bring in uh, hopefully, oh, I think I see all of them there. Oh my goodness. I'm going to welcome to the stage uh, Seed Signer. I'm going to welcome to the stage BJ Dictor. And I'm going to welcome to the stage uh, Surfer Jim, who we weren't oh, sure we were going to have you, but uh, he's he's in the building. Mm. Jim, how you doing, man? Can you hear me? That's the question. Yes, I got nice. you clear. I, I was hoping to hear that beautiful voice here. All right, so, so just, just to be clear here, I have to use a laptop, which I believe one of my cooling fans is off, not working, and this thing could just die. But I have a, a little desk fan blowing at the computer. This is like my backup. That While you were doing the intro, this is me setting up the backup. All right, so go. This is awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. And everybody in the chat, thank you for being in the chat as well. I have a challenge for all of you in the chat, and that's to hit that little like button below the screen so that we uh, please YouTube's algorithms and get even more eyeballs in the room and also give this a share out so that we can have everybody join in the conversation. Uh, but before we get going here, let's do a, a quick round of who are you and what do you do so we can acquaint you guys with the audience and them with you. Uh, so, Seed, I'll toss it to you. Can you give yourself a little intro, please? Yeah, real simply, I am the pseudonymous and eponymous uh, creator and leader of a software project called Seed Signer. It lets people build basically a hardware wallet from off the shelf uh, electronic parts that are you know, easily acquirable over the Internet. And uh, I'm a Bitcoiner. That's that's uh, the important stuff. I love it. Well, I'm super glad for you to be here. And uh, side note, if we don't get into it later, um, I want to say that I grabbed uh, the 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 aluminum like uh, encasing for a seed signer. And this is one of the most beautiful things I own. I'm super stoked about it. Uh, it's so cool. Um, so, I mean, hat, like this is I, I've got my other cool Nintendo looking one, too. But, uh, <laughs> right. But this is pretty slick, I've got to say, and it's like got a lower profile and everything. So um, if if you, you haven't grabbed yourself one of these uh, one of these aluminum encasings, then it uh, came out of nowhere and it, it kind of took seed center into the realm of feeling almost like an Apple product. It's it's just a it's a transformative experience. It's 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 yeah. it's they're nice. Yeah, it's cool because you can kind of do it as you see fit, right? Like you can you can go just with like run of the mill, whatever, like just like plastic and, and like no, no cover on it kind of thing. Or you can go kind of like, you know, the 3d printed fun looking, or you can go something that feel like you said, that feels like an Apple product. So, um, you know, you got that versatility there, which is awesome. 
Awesome. Uh, well, I'm going to toss it to BJ now. BJ, can you please give yourself an intro as well? And side note, uh, really glad to see you, man. Uh, it's It's been uh, a little while, but it's always good to reunite with you, whether it be in person or on the screen. So uh, let people know who you are. Yeah, totally, brother. It's good to see you. Uh, my name is Benjamin Dichter or BJ Dichter. I am, I don't know, just a regular dude. And uh, I also happen to be a, a trucker. And I wrote this book about the uh, Canadian trucker convoy or freedom convoy that I was the spokesperson and media strategist for and did a bunch of other things. Some of you may have heard about it. And uh, I often like to start with reading the endorsement on the back of this book because it is the Christmas time. And if you want to reach out to people across the political spectrum and give them all the good and positive stories of what we went through and how Canada unified, this was it. And the endorsement reads, the Canadian trucker protest in Ottawa attracted tremendous national and international attention and was simultaneously demonized by then Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and his cronies in the legacy media, the minions at the CBC first and foremost among them. What really happened, Benjamin J. Dichter integrally involved from the beginning, lets his readers in on the story, one that all Canadians should know, Jordan B. Peterson, which is somebody who I was speaking to regularly during the convoy. So uh, that's me in a nutshell. And I was the only person there who was a Bitcoiner, as, as Ben knows. <laughs> and, uh, and just a little side thing, I've said this to you privately, Ben, it, it really is an honor for me Anytime I come on your show, we had done this once before, uh, because you were a big, a big influence on me adopting Bitcoin and getting into it. Like I, I struggled in the beginning and it was your videos that really helped get me into the space, get comfortable and led me to orange pilling, hopefully many people around the world. So yeah. thank well, you for everything that you do, man. Dude, well, thank you. And again, it was, it was awesome, um, you know, being able to work together from afar and also i like when you when you initially when we started interacting i almost didn't believe you and then you were like no no no. i was watching those videos where you're like walking on the beach and i was like oh i when i first started the channel i was traveling and so yeah. like this was literally like circa 2016 you were watching <laughs> tutorials almost eight years ago so um yeah man so uh, again it's it's really cool how uh life brings people together in in interesting ways so glad to have you back totally thanks brother awesome and uh and jim i'm tossing it to you now uh i saw you uh recently in la you came you came out to a workshop uh and also were integral in helping explain things to other workshop attendees which was amazing and since then i believe you've now uh, this is a, a kind of a, a full-time thing for you, helping explain Bitcoin to people. So can you give yourself a, a little intro? Well, uh, thanks. It's very generous of you to say. Um, so uh, I've been building custom homes for 35 years uh, on uh, Fire Island, uh, which is on the south shore of Long Island in, in New York. Um, I'm not... Uh, everybody knows that about me already, so I'm not worried about uh, repeating stuff like that. Um, but uh, to your comment, I recently was um, um, invited to join the team uh, with the Bitcoin advisor out of Australia to help people secure their Bitcoin in collaborative custody multisig. And if uh, for those people who are plugged into the Bitcoin ecosystem, they understand what that means. Simply, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that 
don't either don't know what it is or, or certainly don't know how to do it and are afraid to do it. And then there's the issue of who's going to hold the keys in the collaborative custody setup. And so that's why the Bitcoin advisor was established. And uh, we're basically out there trying to help people understand. And if they need help and they need somebody to hold the key, that's what they're there. We're there for. So I'm excited for that because I do enjoy explaining Bitcoin to people. And this gives me a straight up opportunity to help educate people that uh, are looking for solutions similar to what you do, Ben. And, you know, uh, your seminar, you know, BJ said it best. You got like what hundreds of videos you've taught. That mm-hmm. got to be tens of thousands of people at this point, including me. And uh, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to get better at using my cold card. So um, I may have known some things in that workshop that some other people may not have known since I have used it in the past, but very infrequently. And I just wanted to get caught up. And I said, you know what? This is the easiest way. Plus, I bought a brand new one. Uh, You know, might as well go with the new stuff. And it was great. Anybody who has a chance should take uh, Ben's um, Ben's uh, any of his tutorial courses, anything. They're all good. Mm -hmm. And then check out his video. So. Yeah, I'm just I'm like BJ. I'm just a regular dude. Uh, been living my life and found Bitcoin like almost seven years ago now. And it's been an amazing ride. And uh, I don't know, here I am. You, this is my second time on this show. And I, I really appreciate you having me. Well, dude, I'm, I'm glad you're here and uh, glad all of you are here. And uh, to what you're talking about, about the workshops, maybe uh, maybe seed signer workshops soon. We'll see. Ooh, <laughs> do it. That'd be a fun one. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Well, gents, we're going to, we're going to dive into it. Um, so everybody watching first off again, thanks for being here. Hit that like, give this a share, but we're going to dive into it. If you're unfamiliar, if you're new here, this is why are we bullish? Very simple premise to the show. Each one of us has come with a reason why we are bullish currently. This could be anything. It could could come in the form of uh, a personal experience. It could be, uh, come in the form of a news item that we saw and are excited about. Maybe it's a new app, a new device, a new whatever it may be, but everybody here has a reason for being bullish. The flow of the show is as follows. Number one, somebody is going to drop their reason for being bullish. This is their chance to rant and get off their chest, whatever is exciting them currently. Number two, altogether, we're going to riff on that reason, comments, questions, whatever rabbit holes we decide to go down. And then finally, number three, we're going to rotate to the next person until we've all had a turn. So simple, reason, riff, rotate. And I am going to start us off today and actually i i I was a little undecided on what i was going to do today up until today i started i started playing around with something i hadn't played around with before and um and and funny enough like the connections here i i had seen this thing a couple of times but just was unfamiliar and I, i i kind of thought it was something that it wasn't um and that thing is is uh zap right now um this is kind of it's like a payments portal in in the realm of btc pay server type thing um but i the the impression that i got that it was basically like a custodial payments window where you could like use bitcoin that's not like at all what it is um i mean to a degree i guess it could be but like you can also do it in a fully kind of like you instantly get custody of everything and so i got i got playing around with it and it's pretty good, I've got to say. It's pretty damn good. And so I just, I kind of just want to show really quick what I, what I was looking at. So um, I, I set it up really quick. It took me like a, a few minutes, but basically I was able to to link like a, an XPUB from a wallet, which I control, 
and I can view in Sparrow Wallet. So like that's my on-chain. So I can get on-chain payments just from a page. The ZapRite never custody is it. Then I was like, well, what about Lightning? Is it going to be either custodial Lightning or like a, a hosted Lightning node or something? But I quickly found out that no, I could just get even through Tor because I'm running a start nine. I was able to just get like a couple copy and paste things and plunk them in and tested it out. And I'm getting lightning payments directly to my start nine lightning node that I've set up myself in the background. And it took like, it was two quick copy paste and save. And I could see it interacting with my node immediately. On top of that, you do have um, right now they you do have the option for uh, for liquid if you're sending an invoice, but it would be like a, a right now it's a, a pasted um, address. But they're going to have the option for uh, liquid network XPubs to soon, which means it'll generate a new address every time you receive a payment, which I, I'm actually using more of as kind of like a, a mid level. I understand the trade-off, but like to minimize my on-chain footprint and then let things build up and then move to on-chain afterwards, then I'm, I I might do that. And then third, uh, number four, um, pretty soon they're going to have a dedicated lightning address that you can point to your lightning node of choice, which would be my own. And so all of a sudden I could just have like a tip page that is, uh, you know, BTC sessions at zapright.me but it goes to my start nine lightning node, which is incredible. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking for because the more I can self-custody, the better. And then on top of that, they also integrate fiat payments, which I don't like fiat payments, but also I deal with a lot of brand new people to Bitcoin that are, are literally hiring me one-on-one so that I can teach them how to exit the fiat system. And so they want to pay in dollars because they have no other method. So I can integrate that too. And my the kicker is that you can add a premium to fiat payments. So you can set like yeah. the price is this, but if you pay on fiat, it's 10% more, it's 20% more. So I've now done that so that people are, are encouraged to pay in Bitcoin as soon as they're able. And so basically I'll, sh I'll show you really quick. These are all the integrations that they currently have. Number one, you can see any Bitcoin wallet that you have, you just link in LN bits, LND, uh, liquid strike, Ibex, Zebedee, Stripe, ACH, SEPA payments, Interaki transfer in Canada, unchained directly to your multi-sig vault, uh, Albi wallet, and soon cash app, Swan voltage, blink, open node, BTC pay, QuickBooks zero. So like all of these, like, Bitcoin and fiat and just kind of everything. And then you can incentivize people to migrate to Bitcoin. So if you have a regular store where you're like, I still need fiat payments because all of my customers are normies, you can expose them to the idea of why, why is this person giving me a discount if I pay in Bitcoin or why is that, or rather, why is this person charging me a premium if I'm paying in dollars? And so it it gives those normies an exposure to, oh, well, maybe I should just learn about Bitcoin and maybe that's a way that I could start paying and everything. And so I did this test page and basically the way it works is you can request whatever information you need on behalf of a customer, like if you're shipping stuff or in this instance, this would be like a tip page um, and you can make it so that the person can 
set the own their own amount if you're accepting tips or if you just have like a singular product or you know a cart or whatever it is but anyways in this instance i've just done um please just put in an email because that's all i need when somebody books me so i know who it was um but i put in an email address and then it's it presents me with okay bitcoin or lightning or interact e-transfer or pay by card if i hit this the lightning it literally generates an invoice directly from my start nine node behind me on my shelf it takes a second because it's going through tor but nonetheless it ends up working and then once i get that invoice on the screen any lightning wallet i can just create a simple payment and then it'll go directly through to my own custody and the same thing is true like if i hit bitcoin it'll basically just generate uh, a new bitcoin address with the amount set and then like my little inlaid logo and everything. And then if I want to go like card or something, then it's your typical like, oh yeah, put in your put in your card payment information here. Um, so it's kind of all baked into one. And and for me, it makes a hell of a lot of sense in, in the aspect of I didn't want to give up custody. I didn't want to be sitting in custody. And also there's been a lot of pinch on anybody that is custodying, even if it's like, lightning for small amounts i just saw wallet of satoshi rug the well not rug but like basically exit the us being like we don't we don't want to deal with the consequences of what could be coming down the the pipe for us so uh, the long and the short of it is i i like that there's these solutions that are kind of all in one that don't uh don't put at risk my funds because they go directly to me and i'm still remaining like pretty self-sovereign through all of this because any Bitcoin payment is directly into my own custody, but I have the option to uh, lightly nudge normies into paying with Bitcoin uh, as they see fit. And you can, you can uh, customize it however you want. But um, the cool thing about this is the two people that I know that are involved with this, number one is Parker Lewis. Um, and he's an absolute legend. I love Parker Lewis. But number two, uh, a guy named John, I actually worked with him a little bit at Bull Bitcoin because he was doing some design work for us. Um, and he's a great guy. And so like when I saw that those two were involved in this as well, you know, is that much more of a, a you know, a, an inclination to go and check it out. So anyways, I'm sure I'll put a video together uh, for it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that that's that's coming soon. And uh, and really quick, uh, Jaime and the uh, in the uh in the chat asked no wallet of satoshi or blink yet um blink is uh coming soon wallet of satoshi we'll see because i think um again if it's custodial i th i think you'll be able to just put in any lightning address that you want maybe eventually but we'll see um but yeah either way i think it's cool so i'm gonna open it up to you guys like with seeing this, what what's your initial reaction? Like, what are the things you like? Maybe the things you don't like? Like, wh where are you at with this? I can go first. You know, the first thing that popped into my mind, man, was, you know, I remember many, many years ago, living in my, still living in my parents' house. There was a new restaurant that opened up, a Japanese restaurant, before they were all the trend. And we went there, and it was the first time I've ever seen a restaurant say, hey, if you pay us in cash, you'll get 20% off. Or you could just pay the invoice. And I'm sure every transaction at that restaurant was reported to the government. But the point is, <laughs> it very be quickly became one of the most successful 
restaurants, family restaurants in the neighborhood. It was always packed as a result. And that's sort that is the big story in that the fact that you can now run your business and incentivize people to pay you in Bitcoin, that is massive. So please do a tutorial on that as quickly as possible. Yeah. And you're right in in the incentivize people to pay in Bitcoin, but also like the the implication to the person oh. coming in the door is that that paying in fiat to the merchant for them it is somehow lesser than it is yeah. inferior enough that they are willing to say we will give you 10 or 20 percent off the price if you simply pay in this better money uh okay. and that's that that plays on people i think after a while they go huh this guy's ready to take a 10 or 20 percent pay cut which to us we know it's like the value is in the money that we're receiving, but like to them, they're like, but why? And that, that starts a whole line of questioning, which yeah, is great. Yeah. It's, I think it's a huge part of just normalizing Bitcoin as a payment mechanism when people walk into a store or they walk into a restaurant and um, there's been a lot made, you know, even year or two years ago of, you know, Stripe is going to enable Bitcoin or, you know, whatever payment uh, processing hardware maker is going to incorporate it into there. But I have yet really to walk into, you know, an average store and see a pay with Bitcoin option on a payment terminal or unless it's a place that I personally sought out to pay with Bitcoin. So what I love about this is just like normalize people seeing Bitcoin in their everyday life when they're in a store and they're buying something or checking out, seeing Bitcoin as an option, I think goes a long way um, towards legitimization of Bitcoin for normies and, and just normalizing it as a part of their lives. It, it, at this point, it's something that they've heard about. It's something maybe that they have heard uh, a relative or anecdotally somebody talk about, but they really haven't had uh, a meat space interaction where even Bitcoin was an option. So that's, that's part of what I love about this. Um, but as you two are alluding, I've also seen where I live, stores that I've gone into. And uh, the thing I see the most of is 5% off if you pay with Venmo or with PayPal or something. There's a farmer's market uh, by our house that I go to and I see a lot of the, the people that run the, the stalls there soliciting alternate payment mechanisms. And it's actually a funny story. When I was in Amsterdam in October for the um, for the conference, I was in a little Italian place. And of course it's an Italian place run by someone who's not Italian in Amsterdam. So it's this like whole awesome uh, collision of cultures, but there's a lunch rush going on and there's, you know, this restaurant's probably slow for most of the day, but there's eight tables finishing out. And as it came time for these, you know, half dozen tables or whatever it was to pay their bill legitimately, the manager of the restaurant pretended that his payment terminal went down and started asking everyone to pay in cash. And, um, you know, I, 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 I've been shy to admit, like I, I used to be a cop, so I'm naturally suspicious by nature. So I started like asking, Oh, have you restarted the router? Is this with you? And it, the more I asked him about it, the more obvious it became that he was just saying this, trying to get people to take cash out of their wallets instead of paying with cards kind of like a an ingenious little hustle for a small businessman but that's sadly like where we've arrived at with the payment networks um but no and and one more thing uh, i love about zephyr i i think uh bitcoin are called will cole is also involved with that with parker lewis another mm -hmm. 
uh, Unchained guy. And I've had a couple of conversations with him at different events and, uh, you know, grade A first class Bitcoiner. So to see him involved with that, that company too is uh, uh, definitely a plus for me. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I heard about this, but hadn't dug into it. And I, I also heard that uh, Parker was involved. And uh, I when I heard he was involved in this, I also heard at the same time he's not with Unchained anymore. And I went, what? You know, stuff just keeps happening in, in the ecosystem. And that was a little surprising to me. And I thought, well, it's got to be pretty serious for Parker to, you know, jump ship from a company he helped get going yeah. uh, to something new. And, and I can imagine there's some serious upside in terms of... Uh, adoption over time once enough people see how good it is and then as you've just demonstrated uh it's pretty slick um apparently so again you know not knowing much about it, it looks like an interface for businesses which you did say uh mm -hmm. I, I don't see a need for it for people but you know there's a huge market of businesses out there mm -hmm. um i don't you know for me i wonder it's kind of funny uh, being a boomer <laughs> I still take paper checks from a lot of customers because that's how they pay. I got a few of them paying me electronically over like Zelle and stuff, but nobody wants to pay me in Bitcoin. It's just all foreign. I, I got a lot of, I'm a boomer and all my customers are basically older than me for the most part. So uh, I don't know how I can implement that uh, simply because I don't even take electronic, like I don't take credit cards. Um, you know, yeah. it's either a bank transfer or a check. So, but I, I love it. I, I just think it's amazing. Uh, the innovation that's taking place, the ability to um, merge the old and the new systems, which is, an, this is another version of that. Cause yeah. we, we do need that. We will be in a transition period for quite some time as people have to figure out where they want to be and, and be able to swap back and forth to, you know, to whatever extent, you know, whether you're on one side of that trade or the other, as long as it could be facilitated from the fiat realm to the Bitcoin realm, you know, there's people like these guys building stuff. I think it's absolutely fantastic. And I appreciate you uh, just educating me on it tonight. So now I'm way more bullish about what they're doing. <laughs> Jim, you should, uh, what you should do, you bump your prices a little bit and then you give a 10% discount if somebody exactly. pays Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're gonna get a few like i mean you're 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 building like the the stuff that you do it's not gonna be cheap right like so like when when you offer like a five or ten percent discount for bitcoin you know and you got you know you you bump your price just like marginally just beforehand then people are it's gonna seem super attractive for people to pay in bitcoin so it's tricky you know like i'm doing i'm doing a half a million dollar project right now it's really weird you'll see it on twitter when i get it around to posting pictures but we picked up a house 20 feet in the air and we're building a first floor under it you showed me that That's yeah so it's it's you know it's hard for me to knock 10 percent off that price that's yeah. a big hit at, at my end but you know if i can if i could work it out you're right i should because it would you know, I've I've sold things for Bitcoin. I've had people pay me in that, which is nice to get. You know, uh, mm -hmm. non KYC Bitcoin. You know, so um, it. I want to <laughs> I want to retire and shut that business off anyway. So I don't know I'll ever get to implementing Bitcoin payments in my business before I'm just done with that. But I still yeah. love it, and I'll definitely promote it and tell other people. Like I got a good friend of mine who runs a you know business. Uh, he you know, owns a cleaning supply business, and I mean, and he's a Bitcoiner. You know, yeah. I, I should tell him. Um, actually, I'm going to now. I talk to him all the time. So this is yeah. it's great. No, it's great news. This is great. The only thing that I think is is missing here, or not not missing, but like that that I would love to see next is this exact same thing with all of these integrations. 
just built into an app that becomes a simple point of sale terminal. Um, so all the same stuff available on like a simple like Android device that maybe has NFC enabled. And so, and actually funny enough, I just got, um, now I can't remember the name of the device, but they used it at Baltic Honey Badger this year. It's based, it's a point of sale terminal, but it's run off like an Android device with an NFC thing. It can print receipts and everything, and you can link it to your lightning node or whatever. And I tested it out and I linked it to LN bits on my, on my lightning node and it works. And, and so like, I can just like, as long as I get a Wi-Fi signal, I can type in any amount it brings up a lightning invoice and somebody can pay me direct on the spot, either via scanning a QR code or if they've got, um, if they've got one of those lightning payment cards, that's literally linked or like there's that bolt bolt card ring where you can tap your ring and it'll make a payment out of a lightning wallet or like it'll, any NFC would work. And then I, I imagine if it has NFC, then it would also work as a regular payment if you're linked into a payments network. So like a card network, so yes, Bitcoin eyes. That Mark in the in the um, uh, in the comments said Bitcoin eyes. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called, or Bitcoin eyes. Uh, I can't recall. But anyways, I'm gonna have it at a market that we're doing here in Calgary in a couple weeks here, and I'm gonna test it out, which should be fun. But if if you could take all of the features that are here and bake that into a point of sale terminal, and be able to like, you know, especially for a store that has um, has actual inventory and stuff like this like uh, like ali from tahini's uh in and on in eastern canada he just opened a new location a new tahini's location in in south calgary and so i went over and i i met him and and he let me pay in lightning because he was there but he's like i he's like i i want to accept bitcoin at all my locations but like i i can't is and it's because the product doesn't exist for him. He's like, I have to number one, I need all of the features of my current point of sale, and then I just need like a Bitcoin plugin that will work. I can't be training. He has he has 40 locations now, which is awesome. Um, but he has 40 locations. He's like, I can't train 40 locations of people to have a secondary tablet off to the side that goes to like God knows what. And like, it's not linked into our inventory and like, maybe they're like sending it to their own wallet or like, like I need to have this all perfectly integrated. So when that exists, totally we'll do it. But when it doesn't, I can't, I can't change the entire thing, but this is an instance where I see it's getting there and it, it could be possible soon. So um, so this isn't all the way there to that point, you don't think? No, no. Like, first of all, they okay. need, like like when I look at this, this is great for me because I'm an online business and I can just send people to a payment portal and everything. That's great. Um, but like if you're a, a brick and mortar merchant, then you've got to have this accessible on a device that works in tandem with Bitcoin and fiat payments for the next little while. And then like, yeah, so there's a lot to contend with and like you've got to be able to work that into if it's a brick and mortar business it when you accept a, a bitcoin payment in whatever form it also has to link to we have x number of this product here in the store and when it sells in in bitcoin it still takes that off of our inventory like all of those things need to be accounted for so like it, it works great for like a farmer's market where you're not dealing with that kind of stuff as much maybe but like for for like a franchise business, it's it can be tricky, and there's there's 
groundwork to do. Somebody asked in the chat as well, they were like, is this a self-hosted payment portal or is it hosted by ZapRite? So ZapRite hosts the page. That's that's what they do is they integrate all of these things. Allow They never custody your Bitcoin for you. Um, so that goes straight to you. But they also have plugins for all of these different like, oh, I have Stripe, so I want to be able to accept card payments. Or in, in Canada, it'll, at least it'll load like the Interact e-transfer option. And so like all of these different things are plugged in here in a nice interface where you can simply set up a store. Um, so yeah, they're hosting the page. I suppose you could, if you wanted to host it yourself, you're you're looking at BTC Pay Server and manually doing all of that and getting it on the internet. And that's that can sometimes be beyond certain people's uh, 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 abilities. And like the medium, I'd say between ZapRite and like a fully self-hosted BTC Pay is like Voltage, where Voltage hosts the Lightning node and the BTC Pay server for you, but they don't have access to it. It's encrypted by your credentials. And so that's kind of like the in-between, but there's a degree of like, you know, you know, if Voltage shuts down, you have all your on-chain payments, but your Lightning node is sitting on their server. And if it turns off, they can't steal your money, but you don't have access to it either. So like there's, there's these in-between solutions. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's not fully there, but holy crap, like this, I was very happy to see this. And and I should also say one of the integrations with ZapRite is just plugging into a self-hosted BTC pay server, um, which is cool. So you've got options. Options are getting better. Options are getting easier. And me as a person that lives on Bitcoin and earns Bitcoin, I'm so fucking stoked about it. So yeah, that's, that's hey, where I'm at. Do you know if they have any plan to, uh, you know, improve that interface so that all businesses can integrate it super easy would you know do you have any idea what their roadmap is essentially that's a good question but i'm jumping on a call with parker lewis on tuesday so i'll let you know all right fill us in <laughs> yes thank you um, i'm learning uh but yeah i i'm glad i'm glad that i started chatting to him because i, I never would have known i would have there's there's too many things happening it would have completely not crossed my radar so um but yeah gents i don't want to take too much time on this topic either way i'll just say in general to everybody I don't know, take a peek at ZapRite. It's kind of cool. I, I think I think it's cool. Um, and if you're building stuff like ZapRite, build even more and and try and do the things that I described, please. <laughs> um, but with that, uh, we're gonna do a rotation, and uh, I'm gonna toss it. I'm gonna toss it to Seed first, and I'm gonna queue you up with the same question everybody will get. But uh, why are you bullish? So I'm gonna uh, chain the the Parker Lewis connection here. So I was listening to. Uh, it's not that old of an interview, but it's an interview that um, Parker Lewis did um, on uh, with Preston Pish. And I think it came out three weeks ago-ish. But one part of that interview jumped out at me in particular, and it was some details that he provided about Marathon, which is a publicly traded mining company, is doing a collaboration with the United Arab Emirates sovereign wealth fund to um, basically do a bitcoin mining installation in the uae and i'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this hopefully i don't embarrass myself by messing up any details uh, but i was reading through some some news stories to get a little bit more context and a little bit more detail today and it's a multi-billion dollar multi-year project where one of the things i learned was that the uae has 
because they're in the desert, they have this crazy fluctuating load on their power grid that is very well suited to Bitcoin as, as a peak to trough kind of leveling mechanism. So it incentivizes them to overbuild uh, the capacity of their power grid and include renewables in the mix for that. Um, and they're financially incentivized to do it so that, you know, when it's uh, the peak of summer there and the temperature really high and everybody has air conditioning on, um, they can meet the demand of their power grid and the people that live there. But what excites me even more about this is considering the UAE as one of the top, it's, they're in the top 10, they might be six or seven oil producing countries in the world. So because they are so rich in this natural resource that everyone in the world needs, they operate their net producers. So they receive payments for oil that they're shipping out to the rest of the world. And because they uh, produce more than they consume, they need some sort of value storage tool to be able to, as they say, like transfer the value of their money over time. So them uh, as a sovereign nation, a sovereign wealth fund, I don't know what the connection is there. Like we keep talking about nation state adopting and it, to me, it seems like a sovereign wealth fund that represents the royal family of a given country um, dipping their toe in, into Bitcoin mining. That that feels a little bit like nation state adoption. Um, but given their position in the world market, their position to potentially accept Bitcoin as a payment mechanism for oil, and then to use Bitcoin as a savings tool instead of you know U.S. Treasury bonds or you know hoarding whatever other currencies that governments around the world produce, using Bitcoin as a way to preserve some of uh, the value that they're receiving for their oil exports. Uh, that's why I'm bullish tonight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's more that I can learn about this, but I, I was very uh, intrigued when I heard Parker talking about it with Preston. That's cool. It's, it's, I mean, the marriage of Bitcoin and energy is a no brainer, right? Like it's, it's, Bitcoin is designed to seek out waste energy, right? Like it's, it's designed to find those instances and like the, the, the very nature of how our grids are structured. Like you, you, in order to avoid brownouts and blackouts, you need to be running at 100% like maximum capacity at all times. And we don't have the technology to store excess in batteries. Like there is, so I'm in Alberta and um, our, our premier, Danielle Smith, she was at some event that was very like, you know, focused on like green energy and everything. And, and so she was talking about the reality because somebody was like, well, why can't you, you know, you guys should be doing more wind and solar. And she's like, that's, that's literally impossible. And, and, and the guy was like, well, no, you could use, you could use because she said it was an intermittent and uh, and, you know, we need to we need to power all the time. We have cold winters. And then the guy was like, well, you could use batteries. She's like, here's the economics of the battery situation for for uh, Alberta. She's like, for one hour of storage, like one hour of storage for all of Alberta. In the case of intermittent energy, you would need to build a facility with batteries that uh, would cost around twelve billion dollars. For two hours, 24. For three hours, 36. And then and then she was like, there are periods in the winter 
where we don't see consistent sunlight for two weeks. So she's like, I would love to hear where you think the trillions of dollars are going to come forth to build these battery facilities that technically we, like, we don't even have the technology to create right now, but that would be the general cost of it. And so like the, the reality is that you, you need to have, um, you need to have alternatives and, and like wind and solar don't quite get us there. Um, you know, hydro is, we, we don't really have hydro here, but like in place that you do, that's, that's more reliable. Um, nuclear is great. Um, you know, oil and gas is, is dense energy. I know some people don't like that, but like it's, it's dense and you can store it forever <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but nonetheless, when you're running a grid at 100% all the time, most of the time you have waste and we don't have the facilities to store that in batteries to use later. So all of that mostly just gets wasted. And so Bitcoin miners can sit there and soak up that extra energy as a buyer of last resort. And then they can use that money that they've earned by securing the world's most decentralized and immutable ledger and take those proceeds and if they want, pump them into the, the grid to bolster it further or give those profits back to the people that are paying for power and reduce energy costs for everyone using that grid. And so like the reality is Bitcoin miners are going to seek that out and it's getting more and more competitive to the point where they have to seek it out. Of course, they're going to go places like the Middle East where they're, they may be using a bunch of solar, but also they need to be operating at 100% capacity. There's large cities being built. There's like, it's very, a lot of these cities are very, very modern and have a lot of electricity demands and there's a lot of money there. Um, and it also makes sense that people are, are transacting in uh, more or less instantly settleable uh, base money to exchange for energy as well. Like this, this marriage of energy and Bitcoin, we haven't even begun to see the startings of. Uh, I'm super excited. One of the more interesting uh, energy demands that they have is not just like the climate conditioning, you know, they're in the desert, it's hot. I get that. But actually, because fresh water supply is such a big challenge there, they have to desalinate ocean water to be able to have drinking water and, you know, potable water for um, the people that live there. And that is apparently, I'm still learning all this stuff, but that's apparently a pretty energy intensive process to desalinate water. So it's it's yet another reason, as you say, why they need to overbuild their grid to be able to you know accommodate all of these uh, energy needs. The bad news is that Bitcoin, a single transaction, uh, burns an entire swimming pool worth of water. So I guess we're, I, I guess, I guess we're out of luck in that department. Is that uh, a salt water pool or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a, what an absolute joke that that yeah. latest yeah. fud was. But hey, uh, gentlemen, uh, BJ Surfer Jim, I, I'm curious your your thoughts on this too. Whoever wants to jump in, Jim, why don't you go first this time? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I just think it's cool that um, I, I hesitate to call them a nation state like, you know, the United States or some other very large nation state. But you do have people in positions of power, in positions of control over large amounts of resources, recognizing this Bitcoin thing, you know, finally. And I, I almost um, I'm going to assume that 
the monarchy uh, aspect to the way that country operates is probably what allows them to make choices like this. A lot less bureaucrats to have to pass things by and get everybody's okay on, you know. And uh, in the end, Bitcoin is, you know, each individual has to decide what it is and what they can do with it and whether or not it's valuable to them and whether or not you're in control of your own personal fortune or the fortune of a country. It still matters. And I just love the idea that a giant nation state like them is recognizing the marriage of Bitcoin and energy, as as uh, Ben, as you alluded to. You know, this is so huge. Only people in Bitcoin see the giant iceberg, you know, that other people don't even know. They, they can't even see the tip yet because it's over the horizon for them. And yet we can see the whole iceberg because we're underwater looking at it going, holy shit, look what's coming. So uh, it's amazing. I, you know. The narrative that I've heard many people discuss is that one day energy companies, the, the people that are like directly tied to the source of energy are going to be the bulk of the Bitcoin miners. And, um, you know, since we're talking mining, I'm just going to throw it up there real quick. We've all everybody here has heard of ocean mining that just launched this week. And they're literally at the source of electricity using hydropower. And so they have a net negative cost other than their you know operating costs, their infrastructure costs. But. You know, they're not paying for electricity. The water is giving it to them. And I see a day when, you know, like Jeff Booth always says, they, uh, everything uh, reduces down to the marginal cost of production or something like that. Right. So like the freest energy is going to be where you're going to find Bitcoin mining out into the future. And free energy is in every single electrical production facility that has to ramp up and down during different peak and non-peak hours and whatnot. And so literally every single electrical production facility on the planet can benefit by having some Bitcoin miners. Literally. It's like the entire world could use some Bitcoin miners. So it's absolutely freaking awesome, cool shit. <laughs> so I don't know what else I could say. Love it. BJ, what do you think? Um, I mean, I agree. Listen, we're, we're all talking about what my point is going to be, which is about culture. But um, I think... When you see any sort of uh, nation state, whether it's the UAE or it's uh, a Western state or whatever, uh, that is that is the type of um, that is the type of impact on a culture and a society there that you can only imagine, right? Especially, I mean, irrespective of you know differences in political views, when when you have those sorts of governments that decide we're going to implement something here. Uh, it's done. There's no questions about it sort of thing. And it goes full force. And what I see is happening there is they are going to be the world leaders on Bitcoin. And the rest of the world needs to wake up. We got to stop playing this, you know, fiat trickster game on ourselves and thinking, oh, this is all going to work out well. We'll be fine. Japan hasn't collapsed, so we're not going to collapse. Um, but at least, you know, I, I give a, my hat, I tip my hat off to the UAE for being early adopters and understanding the importance of what this is. And um, I don't know, that's, it's amazing. It's something you never would have imagined years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's, um, we're, we're going to get um, Bitcoin adoption in, in all different capacities. Right, like, because because there's 
and, and I've said this in, in shows before, there, there's kind of like the, the people at the, the far ends of the spectrum are the ones that, that most recognize it uh, quickest. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have the people that are most disenfranchised with the current system, either just through monetary debasement or like censorship and, and being cut off from the financial system. Those people get it because they're like, I have no other method to transact. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and use this because either my I, I have no way to digitally interact or my money is is worthless the second i receive it as payment um but then you also have the other side of the spectrum where the people that have whose job it is to uh protect the purchasing power of their assets and so the like incredibly high net worth individuals nation states companies all those people as well are are very directly incentivized to recognize that um, they're bleeding purchasing power by using anything else and that holding a sound money that's immutable and censorship resistant and, and like difficult to confiscate is, is in their best interest. And then I think it works its way in towards kind of the central normies. And we're, I think all of us are in a unique position where we were just weird enough that we caught onto it early (laughs) (laughs) on those fringes. But, um, but for the most of society, it's going to be like, that that middle class is going to be kind of the last to realize it because they're the comfiest Um, or not the comfiest, but like, you know, shit's broken, inflation sucks and everything, but I'm just going to vote harder to to fix it um, is, is the, the general mentality. So I think a lot of those people will be kind of the, the last to adopt it. But the beautiful thing is even the very last person on earth that decides to adopt Bitcoin will still benefit from it. Mm-hmm. They still, the second they switch over and say, all right, I'm I'm going to use Bitcoin now and I'm going to save in it and I'm going to use it. They, at, from that point forward, they get censorship resistant, uh, immutable, um, uh, you know, non, you can't debase the money. They, like they get all of those features from that point forward. So it's like, sucks for that person because they could have benefited even more but they still like the second they make that that decision they're still way better off and that's great couldn't agree with you more yeah um yeah. all right so why am i bullish because I, I i my crystal ball is telling me that's what you're going to ask me mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and um you know i've been thinking about this all week and I really converged on something that unfortunately is a little more general than you would like, and it might be a little bit more philosophical. But I think it's important, and, it, and we've touched on that a little bit in this conversation. And that is stability and momentum. And I mean from the cultural perspective. Think back to when you first got into Bitcoin. Like in 2015, when I was first really getting into the space and learning about it, just before I discovered BTC Sessions, right? Uh, I was involved in politics and I was running, you know, I was running an election and Bitcoin was was for criminal activity. That's what everybody believed. They thought it was some nefarious sort of, you know, a video game money or online money. They didn't, they didn't take it seriously. Nobody did. And it was to the point in my scenario, my predicament, I couldn't even tell anybody that I was into Bitcoin because I automatically would have been disqualified as a candidate because, well, you're doing something that's nefarious. That's where we were. And back to that, back then, it's like, 
You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of being a kid and logging on the internet and uh, going on to bulletin board servers, right? Or downloading, remember MP3s came out and bootlegging MP MP3s. And it was kind of like all your friends in school had no idea how you're getting all these free this free music. And then they started asking, oh, download stuff for me. Like that's where we were in 2015. It was, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I, I wish I would have bought in Bitcoin earlier in 2010. Well, good luck. You wouldn't have been able to unless you knew how to program a wallet. Uh, it was it was just too complex at that point. And here we are now where we have political leaders all over the world that are, in some cases, tripping over themselves to chase the Bitcoin voting bloc. We have credible people in the finance world, people like Laparte and Foss and Foley and that whole group that are big proponents. We have all the ETFs, the largest finance companies in the world, whether you like them or not is not the point. The point is they now understand the importance of what Bitcoin is and the example that we just discussed before, which is UAE and other countries and El Salvador. We don't know what's gonna happen with Argentina. There's a lot of chatter in Mexico, a lot of people that are very, uh, that are pushing for it within the political structure there for it to be, uh, to be adopted in some capacity. That stability and momentum, that for me, I've never been so bullish about the space now. And then you come in, into this, uh, into this uh, program and you start telling about, well, I just discovered just today a solution that if I had my old business, I used to have a business on a university campus, that if I had a business there, I would already be thinking about, oh, this might be a good solution to integrate to my customer base, right? Like I'm thinking back, to what would I have done today if I was still running that business? Well, don't worry, because in another day or two, somebody's going to come up with another innovation that's going to help adopt. So it's no longer a joke space. It's no longer a bulletin board. It's no longer downloading illegal music. No, this is a very serious asset that the biggest power leaders in the world now understand it's a very serious asset. And that's why you're seeing a little bit of pushback from some people. But mm -hmm. I think overall, you're seeing the majority of people are just kind of open to it. And, you know, you say Bitcoin now, people don't joke about it anymore, right? People will go, oh, you know, remember dismissive they were? Remember you're like, Ben, when you started doing your Bitcoin videos, I want to know from you, how much ridicule did you get from people for doing Bitcoin videos, you must have gotten a ton. Yeah, well, because there were no, like the, it would be like a tutorial. How do you use this? And then inevitably, just like some asset in the comment, like, "Oh, this is a Ponzi scheme," or like, "This is like so useless. This is monopoly money." Like, there inevitably that would just be like riddled through the comments here and there. Um, it was just crap, or just nobody watched. Right, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> for both the two people I had watching, one was telling me I'm an idiot. So, like, and you know. now, and now, where are we? Now you've built a business. You're supporting your family. You're tra you're traveling all over the world. You're trying very hard to educate more people who need this asset, that have needed this and haven't understood that they've needed it for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of that. It, it's the the stability and momentum in our culture. The acceptance that I didn't think we would necessarily get to this level so quickly. 
but it's just like somebody turned on a switch and maybe it was all the COVID stuff. Maybe yeah. it was that, uh, that great story with, with, with this little <laughs> protest where people were just fed up and mm -hmm. Bitcoin is fed up money. And the other thing is, you know, by the way, Christmas 2024, good reason to reach people. And there are two chapters in here that tell the Bitcoin story that you were a part of. And my hat always tips to, uh, to Caribou. If people only understood how much he sacrificed and what he went through during that time. And I tell the story there. But yeah. this allowed me to orange pill so many boomers, man. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking surfer gyms, customer type boomers have now started at least they don't really understand it entirely. They just know that when the government became fully authoritarian and started freezing people's bank accounts, people who had not been charged with anything, that Bitcoin worked. And for those who are watching who don't know, I mean, you obviously know the story of the one point something million dollars, 1.1, 1.2 million dollars in Bitcoin. We managed to get 800 and change thousand dollars directly to the truckers. And it was of the 23 million dollars we raised. It was the only money that got to the truckers. Everything else was either subject to injunction by the government or it was part of this legal case that we're dealing with. It was blocked in some way, but the Bitcoin couldn't be stopped. And I had so many people mm -hmm. after this event, because I was going into Bitcoin spaces more and more, uh, coming in who knew nothing about Bitcoin, wanted to talk to me. And they heard me and DJ Satoshi talking about Bitcoin. And they're like, well, how do I buy it? What do we, I know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Well, there's this guy called BTC Sessions. You should start <laughs> watching his tutorial videos. And that'll help you get on there, man. Yeah, it's again. It was it was it it was an important moment. Um, I think it is cool seeing. There's there's a lot of people that are not dismissive of it anymore. It's now either that's right. It, it's it's not. It's no longer is is somebody dismissive of it. There's a few left, but not many. It's it's either for or against, and so that's there's, right. There's the pushback, and so like. <laughs> It's funny when you were making the torrent uh, and like the Napster analogy, I was thinking, is Elizabeth Warren the new Dr. Gray <laughs> and Metallica? Like, <laughs> is she the one? Because like back in the day for Napster, basically Metallica and Dr. Dre sued Napster. Yeah. You can't like you, even though you're not like explicitly hosting our stuff, you're allowing people to link to do these things, which is hilarious because like torrents just, Napster was able to be clamped down upon, but torrents exist to this day. If you want to get the latest episode of literally anything, you can just go torrent it and you can't, you can't shut that down. Pirate Bay gets shut down. Pirate Bay two, three, four through 79 are all up like within minutes. And so at the end of the day, Bitcoin is kind of the same thing. Like you can, you can try and stamp it out, but there's like a, a million other gophers in that field just pop up the second you, you try to do yeah. that. And also to add to my point, you know, I just saw in the uh, comments that Gary Cardone is here. <laughs> uh, Gary, is, Gary is a real estate guy. He's a finance guy. You know, six years ago, he would have thought we would lost our minds. But here we are. The landscape of our society has changed so much that him and his brother and people who they work with now understand that, okay, there is a place for this asset, this new type of asset, and they're fully on board. And because they've gotten involved, 
they're also helping indirectly orange pill other people around them. So I think I think we're at that point where Bitcoin, it really is inevitable. It may take time to work through mm. all the legal and political structures. In mm. fact, I know it will, but it is at the very least inevitable in some way, shape or form. Mm. And if, if that is if there's that's not a reason to be bullish, I don't know what is. Yeah. Gary, th uh, good to see you in the chat. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I, I saw your latest clip on uh, Twitter. Uh, don't don't be afraid. Don't wait for 33K. <laughs> Pile in. Grab your sats where you can get them cheap. Uh, don't, don't worry. The, 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 the best time to buy Bitcoin was yesterday. The next tip, best time to buy Bitcoin is today. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. Good to see you, man. Hope you're doing well. But uh, gentlemen, um, I'm, I'm curious, Seed and Jim, I, um, maybe I'll, I'll go to Jim first and then I'll go to Seed. Uh, just any thoughts on, on what BJ's talking about here? Uh, Jim, um, do you want to chime in anything here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to tie into my what, what I'm bullish about this week, but I'll just say it. Um, I've often considered Bitcoin to be something for individuals and not groups. Um, I, I debated with some people regarding whether or not the citizens of a country benefit by a group of people called government owning Bitcoin, supposedly on their behalf. But ultimately, anybody who is in control of any Bitcoin is a person that has decided, I want this thing. And uh, it's inevitable that more and more people are going to hear about it. Of that percentage of people, some will investigate closely. And, and of that percentage some will get you know completely orange pilled like us and and they'll become advocates like us and like gary good this yeah. good to see you in the chat there gary i'm uh, looking forward to seeing you at unconfiscatable next week so uh yeah i think it's fantastic that more and more and more people are waking up i mean you know ben when i started learning about bitcoin back in late 2016 just about seven years ago there was very little content yeah. uh very little places to go to interact and that's mm -hmm. why I started going to conferences. I needed to meet some real people. It was all just stuff on the internet. I, I, I couldn't shake someone's hand. It was like, whoa. And then it changed for me as soon as I started meeting people. And I started to see, you know, when you get involved in Bitcoin, you, you hear about projects before the world. Like, so you're, you're kind of like the, I hate to be weird about this, but we're kind of like the in crowd in, in the sense that you hear about stuff like ZapRite. How many people even in Bitcoin know what they're doing? Like only a small percentage, forget mm -hmm. about outside of Bitcoin. They don't even know this is coming yet. And we know about it. We know how it works. Like you know how it works. You've just taught us. Um, it's just amazing to be in this position. And then being in this position, watching more and more and more people join is just blowing my mind. You know, as hard as it is for some of the people we interact with that don't see it right away, especially our friends and family that think we're nuts. It's still encouraging because even some of them finally are coming around. They're starting to see yeah. the roller coaster that Bitcoin is. And wait a minute, it didn't go to zero. Maybe Jim wasn't so crazy. So I'm totally bullish on the whole narrative as well. Thanks for bringing it up, uh, BJ. Yeah. Seed, I'll toss it to you. I first off, I want to say I I don't know. Maybe I'll probably be dating myself here, but I got your BBS reference and your. Uh, <laughs> your... <laughs> I remember being uh, an awkward teenager using a uh, uh, clicky and, you know, noisy modem to call <laughs> other. Uh... <laughs> the clicky um, mouses were the best, man. Click, click is yeah. louder than it's than a keyboard. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, now, now this is my mouse now. 
<laughs> bro, bro, to just just so you don't worry about dating yourself, my first computer was a pet emulator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to think about that one first. <laughs> yeah. Pre-64, was... pre-Vic-20, we're t- tape deck pet emulator when I was like four. But yeah, go on. Oh, wow. Yeah. I It was people in our age group had this kind of unique sort of vantage point of having seen the world before yeah. the internet computers much less the internet existed and having seen it afterwards um but anyhow i digress um what 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 strikes me about what you're saying is for me this idea of touch points and people with something that is different and new and revolutionary as bitcoin people often need multiple touch points before they fully appreciate the magnitude and the importance of it and not all touch points are also created equal sometimes when your crazy cousin eddie talked about bitcoin in you know 2014 it maybe wasn't as meaningful but when you see someone that you respect talk about it or you hear it discussed in a corporate setting or in some sort of other environment that carries more weight um you tend to take it more seriously and i i think part of um, what we're seeing is the quality of touch points that people are having with Bitcoin are starting to significantly improve in terms of the context that it's brought up in and the people that we're hearing talk about it and the more convincing, more compelling arguments that people are, are able to make for it. So that that is is what I love, an aspect of what I love about your saying that like the the it's an idea whose you know time is close to being here and we're all super blessed and fortunate to uh, have gotten a peak early and and to be getting to see it come to fruition mm-hmm. by the way everybody if, if you look in the chat people are now naming all these old ancient computers from the <laughs> from the 80s we got the tandy right now I gotta post a few of them right now. So we're we're all old. What do you Yo, think? more than one person put in there TRS eighty from Radio yes. Shack. That was my first <laughs> with a tape drive. There was no internet yet, folks. That's how long ago this was. Okay, I've got a question though. This maybe this is making me too young here, but uh mm. Putin the cereal said he was <laughs> I don't know if this is a real thing. The Vax nine thousand. Is that a real computer or is he making a COVID reference? <laughs> I think that's a COVID reference. I don't, I don't trying know. To get, it's trying to get you shadow banned. <laughs> <laughs> the Vax 9000 Mini via dial-up. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I mean, if that's a real, if that's a real computer, then... Well, I, back then, there were so many... Like, you opened Consumers Reports magazine... Every week there was some new crappy computer that was in the magazine and out the next week, right? So yeah. it could have been. It, it actually could be. You never know. Somebody's saying that it's real. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, well, I, I hope that the government mandated that everybody had one. Look at the comments. Everybody's going crazy. We got we got Atari 400 now. <laughs> everybody's all, everybody's listing it. all their old computers. This is great. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Well, gents, I think it's time for a final rotation here. Uh, Jim, I am going to toss it to you. I'll cue you up with the same question everybody gets. Why are you bullish? So I, as, as the rest of you uh, did, I had to spend some time thinking about this. What could I 
bring up that somebody else might not have. And BJ almost got me with what he said. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to broaden um, the perspective. And because I've been paying attention, and for me, I spent six months studying Bitcoin before I even could convince myself to buy any. And I didn't know a single person. So it was difficult learning. And as I got more involved personally, and then I met more people, I started to see what I said a few minutes ago about um, you know how how more and more people are seeing it. And I heard something a long time ago that somebody was just so confident that Bitcoin would not fail because any problems that come up, smart people are going to fix them. And then, you know, six months, a year later, somebody points out a problem and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it. And it's a real problem. You know, there's some stuff. And, you know, like the ocean mining pool announcement this week is meant to address a pretty significant mining in the centralization. Uh, I'm sorry, a significant problem in the centralization in mining pools. I'm not going to get into describing that now, but what took place was that rumor that smart people will step up to fix it. And that has pretty much been the case in my journey. And I see more and more people working at all different levels. Seed Signer was not around a bunch of years ago. Now they are. Ben, you didn't have your channel. BJ didn't have his book. We all didn't touch the people we used to touch that we are touching now through the different things that we all do. A huge amount in the educational space because there's a lot of spaces like, uh, you know, we're all on all the time where a lot of it is real good education for people who are trying to learn about Bitcoin and the surrounding ecosystem, let's say. And so I'm just, I'm super bullish in the fact that we still are in an environment where there are people that are smart enough to step up and to defend this network against the, the, the attacks that come from every direction, including people who may mean well and just aren't educated and they're saying dumb things or, or doing dumb things. And so, so far, we do have an ecosystem, what I see, and, and a growing one at that, of smart, strong people stepping up, defending this network, making sure it doesn't break, making sure it lasts for a thousand years so everybody benefits by it. Because anybody that's at that level sees it as much more than just this thing for me, for me to get wealthy or whatever. They see it as a humanity-fixing discovery. Like Bitcoin, I'll say it this way. I believe that money, uh, a construct that humans created in order to trade, and move away from barter is one of the most important discoveries in all of human history, if not the mm -hmm. most important, that the idea of money, because without it, we wouldn't have division of labor and we wouldn't have the trillions of individual items that benefit every human being on this planet. But in order to have trade, you needed money. You needed the most saleable good in between every single trade and everybody had to agree on it. And the world has seen lots of different kinds of money. And unfortunately, most of the other monies were able to be broken in many different ways. And even gold, which can be inflated, its supply can be uh, increased faster if enough people uh, decide they need to get more gold because that is money. Unfortunately, we all know the story of, of gold being uh, replaced by fiat money and how broken that is. And so we now have Bitcoin, the best form of money ever seen. So now you, we, humanity has the ability to go back to the very first principle that allowed us to expand throughout history uh, a unit in between every trade that can't be corrupted that can't be broken and it just changes the game it's beyond just 
adopting it now, having it go up in value and you reaping the rewards of that into the future. Because when you're gone, everything you left behind stays. And if you leave your Bitcoin to somebody else, it's then going to benefit them and people beyond that, because the Bitcoin network itself is, is for everybody. And if the world were to adopt it, everybody wins. And so I'm on a mission personally. I probably won't see worldwide adoption in my, in my lifetime, although it's maybe not impossible. Uh, but for people that are young, my daughter and her future kids, you know, damn, I want the world to have a Bitcoin standard because I just think it fixes a lot of problems. And I see an ecosystem that is still really strong. People working really hard. The world doesn't see it yet, but they're slowly seeing it through the adoption uh, BJ discussed. The, the normies out there, the regular TradFi people who probably don't even get Bitcoin. And they're not on this for the humanitarian reason just yet. Although I believe many of them will start to see it over time. Yeah. That is all starting to permeate. And I'm just hopeful that there will always be some smart people that will defend this network and prevent it from being broken by a bunch of dum-dums. So I'm pretty can bullish I, just in general. Can I just, can I just add another reason to be bullish? Because I think we've discovered that Surfer Jim is the Bitcoin dad. He's the dot. He's the dad of the community who's going to lay it out for all of us. who are trying to figure out life. We're just, he's, he's the dad who's going to philosophize to all of us and get us all on board. No, that was great, man. And that's why you're so popular uh, in all the spaces and people love to hear uh, from you, by the way. And can't wait I got, to see you. Man. Listen, I got 60 plus years of crap stuck up in this head. Uh, some of it's valuable, and if I don't spew it back out, it won't, it's going to go to the grave with me. So <laughs> I'm happy to just keep talking Bitcoin, and if I'm wrong, call me out on it. I, you know, I try my hardest to be accurate and so that what I say to people benefits them. You know, mm -hmm. I'm here for free tonight. This is to help educate the world. That's why I'm doing this. I'm mm -hmm. bullish on Bitcoin and everybody involved, so let's do it. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I, I, I like what you said in terms of there's kind of two parts to it. Number one, you're like, you know, you know, you you're you're basically saying that um, because Bitcoin is open, anybody can kind of build what they like. That when people see problems, they can step up and they can fix them. But they can also do it in a, a relatively transparent way if they see fit. And 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 you also get people that are gonna push back about every single little you know finicky thing about it to say like this could be better this could be better i don't like this because of this and i know that can be obviously super annoying all the time but also is a positive in that it okay. shifts the overton window where like at you you're gonna get you know the the absolute purists that are gonna say like it has to be this 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 and this um in any sort of trade-off in there is is absolute bullshit and and while I'm for me, I, I may make certain trade-offs in certain instances. I also recognize that the people that push to that extreme are shifting the Overton window to make that center line more one of, you, you know what? I should get this into self-custody. You know what? I should secure with hardware. You know what? I should, you know, basically aspire to be like on-chain and secure myself. And so that's that's what these things do. And um, I think that what what we saw um, in and around the the uh, the the ocean mining thing was number one. A lot of their aspirations are are fantastic. Number one, uh, I, I think that stratum v two is is a good thing. 
Um, because what that allows uh, allows somebody to do is before you have a situation where the mining pool decides what transactions are in the block that gets mined. With Stratum V2, it's whatever actual miner, whatever actual physical miner, um, their hash rate, they get to select what goes into the block. They get to see like, hey, here's the block template. This is what's going in. Um, so what you, what you get is a government can't go to that mining pool and say, uh, we have this list of OFAC uh, censored uh, addresses. If anything happens with any of these, then uh, make sure that that doesn't get mined. And not that that would prevent those transactions from being mined, but it would in, it, it would basically make it so that those people um, would have to pay higher fees and you'd have to have some sort of like, uh, you know, a, a mining pool that is kind of off the grid that no nobody really knows where they're where they're set up and like they'd still be subject to that. But when you have a a, a stratum v two mining pool, it's well whatever the hash says is is what's going to happen. Whoever mined that block in, within the pool gets to choose. Now, stratum v two is not live on on ocean yet, but that is a, a, a stated intent. Um, some people had gripes with various things. The, the, the pool itself isn't open source. Um, I think that's the only way that they have a viable business model is that it's not currently open source, but somebody's going to be able to rebuild this type of thing. So like, we'll see, uh, what competitors come of it. Um, you have other mining pools. Uh, I can't remember the name of the other one that just came up that is also now actually has stratum V2. And then you've got, um, you know, there's some pushback in and around there. Uh, you know, we're non-custodial type thing. But what if you're mining tiny, tiny amounts of sats? Their solution down the road is payouts via lightning, which is amazing. That should absolutely be a thing. But in the interim, until that's active, if you're mining tiny amounts of sats, then it's going to be like, it's it's going to be quasi-custodial until you reach a threshold that you can withdraw. Um, so like... There's, it, in the end, I, I think that what they're trying to do is a step in the right direction and should be applauded. But I'm also glad that there's people that said like, well, it's not yet what you said it's going to be. Um, and some people maybe said it in a more abrasive way than that. <laughs> maybe. But, <laughs> have you never met Bitcoiners before? Come on. Oh. But, but nonetheless it it shifts the overton window yeah. to say like we all need to aspire to this and and like let's let's move towards this end of the spectrum so i think that's i think that in general that's a good thing and that's it's you know you're you're having people step in the right direction and then you're having other people that are saying you're not doing enough let's do more and and that's a great thing like that's that's a positive thing. The more we can push people in that direction, the better. And people are going to have different points on that spectrum where they say, "This is good for me," um, and that's okay. Uh, and but I, yeah, go ahead. Two important, two important points on that. One, uh, Ocean, love it, don't love it, whatever. It's software, mm -hmm. and software is you know it's not always easy, but software can be improved and upgraded. And different choices or preferences that people have can be incorporated in. First thing, software, it can be changed. Second thing, Bitcoin mining is a market. So 
if people love what's ocean, what ocean's doing, and they, uh, you know, think that they have it right in terms of the values of the pool and what they're doing, they can point their hash there. And if they don't, it's really simple to point your hash somewhere else. So, um, what that makes me think of is I, I'm a little bit of a history buff, and in the early stages of America, what uh, some historians argue was the strength of America was the um, governmental diversity among all of the colonies. So you have these 13 colonies, all of which have to have a certain amount of people to have a minimum viable sort of uh, uh, settlement. And in the colonies, there was this jurisdictional arbitrage to where different jurisdictions would compete with one another, trying to draw settlers to their place because you know, they had better farmland or they treated people better or they had better policies on this or, you know, religious freedom, whatever. But because there was this um, this sort of pull between which jurisdiction can have the best rules uh, that, you know, kind of guide people's lives, um, that encouraged all of them to be better and to have better rules that would attract better people. And I think it's Oddly enough, the exact same uh, dynamic among the mining pools. Mm -hmm. So different mining pools are going to have to adopt different features to appeal to, you know, different Bitcoiners that are managing different different amounts of hash. And ultimately, it's a market and people get to decide where they want to mine. I, I, I think that's an absolutely beautiful aspect of it. Yeah. The, the cool thing about the way that that ocean was set up was I was used to, so I've got uh, like, I've got behind me, I've got a, a space heater that I, that I use in the office. That is an S nine. <laughs> and so <laughs> I've got, I've got that thing. I plug it in during the winter and I just, I'm not making any meaningful amount of SAS, but I'm, I'm still mining. And so I was, I was curious. I was like, well, okay, let's, let's just see what, how ocean does like the setup and everything. And the thing that I liked was, when I went on to like brains mining pool, like most other mining pools, it's like you, you actually have a, a, a degree of sign up, And like right now we're seeing some KYC mining pools, which fuck that. Um, but then also we're seeing, you know, your average mining pool, you're going to have like a, a login with an email address or something to that effect yeah. with ocean. It's literally you, you go there and they're like, take a Bitcoin address and paste it here. And then if you want to like label the machine, you take your Bitcoin address, you put a dot after the address and you put like minor Perfect. one or whatever it is with, with no login whatsoever. And then they say, take this piece of information, copy it from our website and then go over to your like interface on your browser for your miner and paste it in to your settings and hit save. And that's it. Hmm. It's it two copy and paste. And then if you want to look up what your miner is doing, and like what it's mined and what your rewards are, you literally go and you search the Bitcoin address that it's allocated to, the payout address, and you just go and look, and that's how you check your miner. There's no login whatsoever. There's no accounts. There's nothing. And so, and, they, and they're putting pressure on now on all the other uh, pools who have you know more conventional signup process like th this. I'm not deep into mining, but what you're describing sounds a whole lot more compelling to me. So that now, like, they're pushing innovation in the mining space. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's great. And and the best part is that even though that some some have, like, the sign up with an email address, the, the process of changing which pool you're a part of is 
what I just described, copy and paste in, in mm. inside of 30 seconds, you can switch mining pools by simply copy and pasting a link and putting it into the interface on your browser. And then all of a sudden your miner is like, oh, you're mining with this mining pool now. So the beautiful part about it is when people point at Bitcoin mining pools and they say things like Bitcoin mining is, is, is centralized and all you would need to do is send subpoenas to these two or three mining pools and you'd be able to 51% attack Bitcoin. That analogy is kind of horseshit because that hash is not theirs. They're the pool. And as soon as anybody gets a whiff of the U.S. government subpoenaing those mining pools, they're going to be like, "Oh shit! Oh no! Oh no! Oh, copy paste! Oh, never mind. Bye." Yeah. And then the 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 hash just drains. And so you saw F two pool. They actually filtered some transactions. They they went on the OFAC list of of filtered uh, uh, or uh, sanctioned um, addresses. And they actually filtered out some of those transactions for a little bit. They had some sort of filter going and somebody noticed and they were like, yo, but are you guys, are you guys censoring transactions when you mine blocks? Because uh, we see these on all our block templates. Why aren't you mining them? And uh, one, I think one of the heads of, of F2 pool was like, well, I'm allowed to mine whatever I want. Who says I can't filter out criminals and stuff like that? You know what happened? They, they in 24 hours, they went from the number four mining pool, they bled hash, and they dropped two spots in a day. And then they turned around and said, oh, we're not, we're not filtering those transactions anymore. So, so mining pools are incentivized to not do this. And if they're forced to, people will still move to ones that don't. Just uh, if I could add on to that, um, going back to the, you know, the reason I said for being bullish, uh, the mining pools, although I agree with you in terms of incentives, if they get caught messing around, people are going to jump ship. Absolutely. There's still only a handful of choices and they have other ways of um, obfuscating what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bitcoin Mechanic has said a lot about this, so I'm not going to repeat it all uh, here. I probably won't do it justice anyway. But um, essentially, going back to my point is the reason that this mining pool was uh, relaunched, because this was a mining pool that was active back in from, I think, 2011 when Luke started it, uh, was the idea that Bitcoin isn't as decentralized as everybody would like to believe. And, and not that the network isn't. There's nodes all over the world. But the mining has become centralized in, in a in a certain way. Let's just put it that way. And so you're right, Ben. People can pull their, their hashes away from any given pool on any day, any minute of any day. Uh, but without noticing, miners can still get away with certain types of, um, uh, you know, censorship, let's say, mm-hmm. of transactions and whatnot. And, and, and because the miners, so, you know, the, the concept of mining was meant that you know, one one vote, one CPU, one vote, right, or something like that. And the idea was that each miner is uh, autonomous and making decisions. Uh, in this case, uh, like let's say in today's environment, picking what transactions you want in that block for ideological reasons or simply for monetary reasons. But um, they're not getting that benefit anymore. Anybody who's running a miner that's part of a pool isn't choosing that. And this is why that stratum V2 is so important. It's just one step in the 
re-decentralizing of the mining industry within the Bitcoin ecosystem. So I just love the fact that there are still smart people trying to make sure Bitcoin doesn't break. So, you know, yeah, it's all good stuff. As soon as Bitcoiners perceive a problem, people start building uh, solutions and options in, in this kind of free market. And so we're seeing it in mining. I think we're also seeing it in privacy too. I mean, Seed, you're you're a perfect example where you, you saw a pinch point of what if a government said you're not allowed to, uh, you know, buy and own hardware devices and and two, you know, the 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 danger of if you order a hardware device from a manufacturer and their database of customers gets leaked, you know, that puts you at risk too. somebody knows that you bought a, a hardware device in 2014, they might be going Huh, that's worth a plane ticket. So like you're you're kind of on the forefront of that as well, right? Yeah, two things. I, I do want to circle back on Jim's uh I'll call it the Bitcoin Brain Trust. That is one of the things that hardens me about Bitcoin whenever I might start feeling a little bearish, is like the amount of people who are massively smarter than me who are involved and advocates for Bitcoin and who are are believers in it. It's, that is from the earliest uh, interactions I've had with Bitcoin, that is something that that has impressed me, the intellectual capital of people who understand the power of Bitcoin and are willing to work on it and advocate for it. Um, and it, I obviously agree with what you're saying. I'll also throw in um, hard wallet makers that may be legally domiciled in unfriendly parts of the world and may experience pressure from uh, governments to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say fully backdoor their products, but maybe implement some sort of guided KYC into the setups. I think what we've seen, uh, Ledger is always kind of an easy target. Um, but with Ledger's recover system, I believe at the Miami conference from the comments that the CEO made when he was interviewed uh, on um, uh, what Bitcoin did such that he kind of downplayed the fact that the company, if they receive some sort of legal service requiring that a private key from an individual uh, device be produced, you know, he kind of poo-pooed that and said, well, this is only if we receive some sort of warrant from a government, would we be able to, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> those are the keys to the kingdom right there. Like that, that we, we, we don't want that to be even possible. I yeah, mean, I've been, I've been through that. I know what that's like. You know? That literally would have <laughs> exactly. happened here, right? Like that situation could have been us. That mm -hmm. could have been the 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 demo run of that. And can you imagine a situation if we're like, yeah, we we secured the the trucker funds with a ledger, uh, with this backup situation in the cloud. And the Canadian government was like, well, here's a subpoena. Uh, here's here's an order. And Ledger was like, well, we got to comply. And <laughs> like, it's like, then what is the point of Bitcoin at that point? If you have a, if, if everything that you've done to become self-sovereign is undone when the government said you're not allowed to be sovereign. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean... There's times where I'm, I'm, you know, I think like, well, you know, are we being too hard on Ledger? But when you when you really get down to it, like, kind of fucking not. <laughs> well, because because the problem is whether their intent is to or not, mm -hmm. they are now a pressure point. 
And yeah. nobody thinks they're a pressure point until the government decides it actually wants to utilize that pressure. And then you don't have a choice. Yeah. So they'll say, no, 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 you're fine. And then all of a sudden there's a subpoena or go to jail. And it's like, oh, sorry, you know, we don't have a choice. And and I think most of us in this space are our understanding of that. And that's why there's criticism against Ledger, not because we think they're bad people, at least in my perspective. It's just they're not philosophically playing this out in their heads and understanding the types of pressure that they'll be under. And look, Ben, you know, I was, I and many other people uh, felt the wrath of the boot of government on our throat. And I was astounding how quickly some people and institutions just turned immediately, immediately like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, like a lot of them will volunteer to do it. I mean, we, we've, we're seeing this in the States right now too, with, um, with, you know, like, um, we we saw the the alarms raised from from Swan recently, and I know there's a ton of people that are like super, you know, just no KYC only and everything. But like at the end of the day, the, Swan was like, "Yo, the uh, banks are basically preemptively complying with this FinTrack thing that isn't even it's not even law," and they're saying like, if anybody does any sort of privacy measure, coin join, whatever, within one hop of your service then we would like you to notify us of this and maybe shut down their account or whatever. And if you don't do this, then we, we shut down your accounts and your business is gone. And so it's, it's kind of like people need to realize that, that this is the world we're living in, not where you, you just need to see if it's going to be law, but you just need, you, you also need to hedge against, you're still dealing with banks and oftentimes Banks fucking suck. <laughs> so. Well, because because banks philosophically engage in the presumption of guilt mm -hmm. and not that the presumption of innocence. That's why this whole thing is upside down, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a firm believer of we all individuals have the presumption of innocence, but the government has the presumption of guilt. We should always assume the government is guilty because they're the other side of all of these trades. That's why we have all these regulations, but the world is upside down right now and it doesn't make sense. Um, and I think financial institutions, they just don't know what to do. So they're hyper, hyper risk averse now at this time, at this point, which yeah. is sacrificing all our freedoms, which is why I had all my accounts frozen mm -hmm. and bank and credit cards and everything else, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Ben, I want to give you a shout out for your Join Market Jam video. I think it's about yeah, thanks, man. Uh, a year since it's been made, but I was actually watching that all the way through yesterday, you know, just <laughs> kind of uh, acquainting myself with with that aspect of Bitcoin and, uh, you know, kind of yeah. indulging my curiosity. Nice. I, I like their analogy. I, my favorite part about Jam, those unfamiliar, there's like, there's different types of uh, coin join protocols. There's, uh, you know, like the in, in Sparrow, you've got baked in the Samurai Whirlpool. You got Wasabi, which uh, checks on chain if you're allowed to coin join beforehand. So take that for what it is. Um, <laughs> but then you've also got join mark in which there's no, like, it, it's a protocol. And so there's no centralized coordinator to like go and hone in on. Um, but their analogy, the way that they explain CoinJoin is kind of funny, where they're like, imagine that you have uh, a basket of fruit and you have like 
strawberries and blueberries and you know like different types of fruits and and when you go and you coin join them like before coin join you can decipher like there's a grape there's a blueberry there's a strawberry there's a raspberry but what we're going to do is we're going to mash them all up and we're going to make a nice bar uh, a nice <laughs> jar of jam and you won't be able to decipher one from the other and who owns what and like what it came from where it came from what fruit it was it's just jam and it tastes good. And so I, I like that analogy and you can move it from jar to jar and you label, oh, this is the blueberry jam. This is the strawberry jam. Like it, I, I think it was pretty fun. So um, yeah, it's a cool thing that they got going. Um, I hope to see even more interfaces for that to, to, to make it even more accessible to your average person. So yeah, awesome. Well, gents, uh, here's what I wanna do. Um, and this is what I typically do as I'm, I'm starting to wrap up a show is, I like to quickly go around to everybody and um, basically get any any final thoughts on any of the things that we discussed or something that maybe you didn't get off get to get off your chest today. Um, and then also ask a recommendation that you could throw out for everybody watching. And the recommendation can come in any form. It could be, uh, hey, I, I listened to a podcast. It was awesome. Hey, I watched this video. It was awesome. Or uh, try out this device or this app or read this book or whatever it may be. You know, if you think somebody will find it useful, toss it out there. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll start off with my final thoughts and recommendations to give you guys a second to stew in the background, and then and then I'll toss it down the line. So, um, I mean, final thoughts here, and I think this is kind of the the sentiment of the day is that um, with with the the culture and the ethos of Bitcoin, when people see a problem, they tend to act on it and and try to. Uh, right that wrong, that perceived wrong. They try to produce things that will fix those problems. And um, and this whole aspect of Bitcoin, again, it shifts that Overton window of, oh, is this is this currently too hard? Do we not have solutions for this? Well, now we do. And, and you should use that thing, but that just, it shifts it to, well, if you weren't using the current best, and then all of a sudden a, a better, more, self-sovereign solution comes along it shifts people to at least using the old best and then the people that are on the bleeding edge move up to the new standard and and i love seeing that and and this continues to proliferate and the the things that were the old best and then you have the new best um all of those things are becoming easier so the thing that is currently the most self-sovereign but also probably most difficult to enact is going to become even better when the next best thing comes along. And I think we're going to continue down this path because this is the very ethos of the people that are in this room, the people that are in this chat, and the people that are building all of the things that we currently use and the things that we will use tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. And in that vein, um, I'm going to say, number one, I mean, we got seed on right now. So if you haven't played with seed signer, it's fucking cool. You got, you got to go try it out. It's super awesome. So uh, like you can, you can build it. Like you were saying, you can build this from run of the mill parts, easily accessible. You don't have to order it directly from like the seed signer website. You can, you can do whatever you want. I will say this enclosure is super awesome. Uh, and, and there's all kinds of, again, I've got like one that looks kind of like a game boy like an old NES or something like that. And it's, and that one's pretty cool too. Um, but you can, you can basically like build this from parts 
And the interface is such that this device is stateless, meaning that it doesn't actually retain the seed to your money. It's simply used to like, you've got a private key as a QR code, you scan it, that key is on the device, and then it allows you to like create a transaction and send it and sign it and do all of that stuff. And then you unplug it and the device holds nothing. And so if somebody gets this, they have nothing. It's just, well, I mean, they don't have nothing. They have a really sweet signing device, but <laughs> but they effectively have nothing. They don't have your money. Um, so like, it's it's a, a really cool idea. I, I think it's super awesome. I think it's definitely worth people making themselves aware of. And it helps inform your picture of what Bitcoin even is. Um, it's a really cool learning tool, especially. So like, like, if you decide that this is not your daily driver or whatever, but I think it's still worth it to to explore because it will it will bolster your understanding of what bitcoin is so that's that's my um that's my recommendation of the day and then my secondary recommendation is check out zap right i'm gonna dive in more i'll probably do a video but um it looks like it might be a cool solution for myself uh and maybe for you if you have an online business so that's that's that um with that i'll i'll toss it down the line uh seed i'll go to you next and then we'll do bj and then surfer I I appreciate your comments about Seed Signer. It's it's been a, a wonderful adventure in my life, and I want to make it clear to anybody who may have heard of Seed Signer or is more or less familiar with the project. It is not just me. There are a team of amazing Bitcoiners that have brought our project to where it is. Um, really, almost too many to mention. I, there's my uh, uh, our lead developer Keith McKay, our lead maintainer a guy named Nick. And there's a host of other Bitcoiners that have contributed skills in various ways. It is um, a Bitcoin cold storage tool built for Bitcoiners, by Bitcoiners, out of the love that we have for you know our, our, our fellow people and the passion and enthusiasm we have for this idea, this particular cold storage approach. And um, yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So something else that I want to highlight is... Uh, a recent episode of the Thank God for Bitcoin podcast that I had listened to. Um, I, I was really blessed to get to interact with Jordan Bush and some other people that uh, work closely with that organization. And they recently did an episode with a Bitcoin mechanic, someone who I was less familiar with, but it was super interesting to hear his story, hear about his involvement in the earlier days of Bitcoin, which I could kind of identify with. Uh, his account of the fork wars in that period during Bitcoin's time was was entertaining uh, and interesting to hear about. His uh, collision with Christianity um, was also just super interesting. Even not, you know, I'm a believer, but even for someone who's not, I think it's just uh, it's a great story. And so, um, yeah, I'll throw out a recommendation for that podcast and that particular episode uh, of that. Yeah, that's awesome. And mechanic is awesome too. I, again, everything that he's kind of been had his hands in, I think have been fantastic projects and, uh, he's a smart guy and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I love that. Um, he continues to be involved in things that, uh, you know, ruffle feathers and, and push Bitcoin in what I perceive to be a, a good direction. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know him personally. I've never met him, but he, he seems like a, a solid Bitcoiner. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, uh, BJ, I'll toss it down to you. Final thoughts, recommendations. Take it away, man. 
Okay, two things. Re first, recommendations, and I'm going to need your help with this, Ben. I need you to hold up your seed signer that you had in your hand. So we have two excellent Christmas gifts to recommend to people. The seed signer and the book, right? Um, this tells a little bit of the story of Bitcoin, and you have so you want to onboard people, you want to teach them. And the other thing, the other recommendation, recommendation I have is get a miner. Um, don't worry about how much money you're going to make or not make. Boy, it really gets you to understand. Once you first see non-KYC Bitcoin arrive in your wallet, it's a completely different philosophical experience. Yeah, It's like you've arrived to freedom. And then just final thoughts um, on that theme is, you know, related to why I'm so bullish. I think we're almost at the promised land. We're on that journey. I think we're at the point where we're at the point of no, no return already. Yeah. That it's now just a matter of time. And I think it's also very important, especially around this time of year, around the Christmas season, when we reflect with our family and all that sort of stuff. Like Ben, you you don't I don't know if you realize it. You told me once that I've touched so many people. So have you, man. And all of this right now, life is a journey. This is you're gonna look back when you're the same age as Surfer Jim's clients, and you're gonna think this was the most exciting period of your life. And I think we're all gonna have that feeling in the future. So irrespective of we see what's going on in the world. We see a lot of chaos. I think we're going to arrive at the Enlightenment 2.0 eventually. And there is going to be bumps in the road, no question. But I think if we enjoy the journey and we understand that Bitcoin is a big part of that Enlightenment 2.0, we won't all suffer that anxiety and we'll be able to appreciate our family and our friends and everything we're going through right now. And my hat's off to all of you. You know, Surfer Jim, you, I know you reach a lot of people when you come in and you talk with people and onboard them and, you know, just kind of your philosophical insights and Seed Signer, the fact that you're trying to, you know, knowing your background, you understand the importance of, um, of privacy because privacy is a prerequisite for what I, I fought for, which is freedom. So the two go hand in hand. So I don't know, man, I've never been so relaxed and happy and so calm irrespective of all the noise in the world that we've come this far in the bitcoin space and we've all found each other and let's just share that with as many people as possible i love it yeah that's that's great man and and yeah i think you're right i think that um i i, I don't know when when we get over the hump but we're on that path right exactly. there's 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 bumps in the road there's definite bumps in the road there might be a mountain in front of us that's right but well, we started climbing. That's for damn sure. That's right. <laughs> um, so we will come down the other side eventually. And uh, and I think most of us will be around to to like actually see it because I don't think it's I don't think it's that far off. It'll seem like a long time as we're experiencing it because like it, it, everything is relative. Yeah. Um, but after the fact, it'll be like, wow, we went through all of that and and here we are on the other side of things and the world is a better place. And I, th I think that's where we're headed. And again, it's largely in part to uh, everything we've discussed here. And, and Jim, I, I, I aspire to one day, although you might, you might be retired by the time <laughs> I, I can enlist your services, but I aspire to one day have, have the uh, acquired sats uh, necessary to have you 
uh, lift my house and then build a, a level underneath it. So we'll see if that happens, man. Uh, I'd be happy to help. That's for sure. If I can, um, I, I do want to retire from the construction industry. It's been decades and I'm so passionate about Bitcoin. Um, so passionate that I think about my life in right now, a couple 30 year chunks, right? I've already lived two of those and I could easily live another one. I've got some, some very close relatives that made it almost to a hundred. So maybe I got some good genes and I, I honestly feel more optimistic in my 60s than I ever have been in my life. Hmm. And I would have to say it's because of most of my life, I was just going through the motions, trying my best, you know, working, partying, raising a family, building a house, not paying attention to the, the larger world, not realizing my money was getting devalued just because it was just outside of my wheelhouse. I didn't live in the finance world or anything like that. And then I find this thing, Bitcoin. And I'm going to tell you right now, in my orange pill story, it was the third time I heard it. And it wasn't about number go up te technology, although that was part of the, the uh, narrative that I understood, oh, this thing could go up in value. But I heard a woman describe Bitcoin as a, a network that you can trust without trusting any of the people that are involved in it. And I was just like, whoa. How the hell is that possible? And my business literally wouldn't even exist without a level of trust that I that's worth a lot to me because it took a long time to gain that trust from repeated customers over decades. And I realized immediately that trust was just critical to my life. And I thought, wow, I got to investigate. What is this thing you can trust without trusting the people involved? How's that even possible? And it took me quite a while to, to see it. And it opened my eyes to everything else. The rest of the world is so broken because money has been broken. And just learning about this one technology just opened up a, a myriad of other things that now made so much sense. Incentives, the incentives for news media and politicians to lie to us. It's all rooted in money. So much of the way the world works. And listen, we're all selfish. We're all looking out for ourselves first. And there's, that's actually a good thing. It's when people cheat to try to get ahead that it's, that's, that's a problem. And when you can control money and you can pay your friends to, you know, for your narrative, you get you you get the advantage. You get to cheat and you get away with it. You can pay judges to keep you out of jail. I mean, it's just corruption everywhere. And all of a sudden, I saw the world in a way I never saw before. I was kind of blown away that all the way into my 50s. Like, can you imagine living all those years not really seeing around you what's going on? Holy crap. And I've always been a suspicious person and I've always questioned authority since I was a little kid. I was always like, but why? <laughs> what is that rule for? So Bitcoin has totally changed my life. And so uh, I, I am just like going back to why I'm bullish. Um, and Ben, you touched on it. You know, the 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 people that are doing things and soon as something is is created that's really good somebody else comes in all, along and tops it you know and mm. it's and it's you know not to shill the bitcoin advisor that i work with now but collaborative custody multisig is a really critical thing everybody in bitcoin that's got any level of intelligence recognizes this is one of the safest ways to hold your bitcoin and as the value keeps going up even people with small amounts of bitcoin are now at much larger risk of messing something up and losing their Bitcoin. And everybody thinks, oh, what's the big deal? Single sig, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, well, what about your family? If you mess up and you, you know, you unfortunately don't make it to your old age and they don't know what to do with your Bitcoin. So this whole concept 
is becoming an industry standard. And I can't believe I'm sitting here able to help literally launch a type of, you know, uh, a custody model that every, all the experts in the industry agree is the best way to go. And I get to help educate people on this. I'm kind of blown away that I'm in this position. I feel so blessed that I can help people secure the most important asset that almost anybody's ever going to own in this world going forward since 2009 when this network was launched. So I'm just blown away. Anybody that wants to talk to me about, uh, you know, collaborative custody, multi-sig, reach out. You can DM me on Twitter. Uh, my my email is surferjim at the Bitcoin advisor. So love awesome. to talk to you about it. I want to help as many people as possible until I take my last breath. So thanks for having me on, Ben. And you guys are awesome. Love hanging out with all Bitcoiners. Seats on it's a pleasure to meet you. BJ, we've known each other for a while now. Looking forward to the next time we get to shake hands and have a steak together. Next week, right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be there. I wasn't sure that you were going. Yeah, I'm going to be there, man. Excellent. All right, man. Well, um, this steak dinner is happening, so I hope you're going to be at that. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> all, right. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much, Ben. This has been great. Love to hear it. Well, gents, again, all of you, thank you so much for being here. Everybody in the chat, thank you for joining us as well. Um, of course, for all of these gentlemen, please smash that like button as a big thumbs up to everything that they have shared with you, the wealth of knowledge that they provided. Uh, all of their Twitter handles are in the show notes as well. So give them all a follow. And from there, you can find everything else that they're doing. Jim, are you, I got to ask, cause I, I, I put out a note on Nostra. Are you on Nostra yet? I, I didn't tag you because I weren't sure if you were. I, I think I, <laughs> this sounds silly. I think I have a Nostra address, but I don't know how to use it yet. Cause, um, you know, <laughs> well, Liz from Las Vegas, uh, we're going to teach you in Las Vegas. Good, good. Cause it's on my phone. Uh, I was up at, at when I met you in Boston, DJ, yeah, yeah. Liz, uh, helped hook me up. She was all trying to embarrass me because I wasn't on Nostra yet. <laughs> And essentially, I really That's am true. still not on Nostra yet. But I do have a Nostra client on my phone, and I would love to learn how to use it and and start working in that direction. Because even though I'm a boomer and I'm slow on this technical stuff, I see the value in it, and I would like to try to keep up with everybody. So I'm going to try. So, yeah. BJ, you could teach me in Vegas. That'd be awesome. Thank you. We'll, we'll get uh, it. Anytime, anytime, brother. It'd be my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, anyways, what I was saying is uh, all of their Twitter profiles are down below. Follow them there. From there, you can find them on Noster. Well, you'll find Jim soon on Noster, and then everything else that they're involved in, you'll find from there. Um, but gentlemen, thank you all so much for being part of the show. I really appreciate the time that you took to be here, and uh, I can't wait to see you all in person, but also you're all welcome back anytime. And thank you for everything you've done, Ben, and your dedication and sticking with us, man. You've helped a lot of us. You really have. Thanks, 100%. Man. Appreciate it. All right, gents, have a good evening. Good night. All right, everybody, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, again, really do follow all these gentlemen. They're all doing great things, and uh, you can keep up with them uh, on all different social media, but they're linked down below, so find what they're doing. Um, of course, smash that like button if you have not already. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys in the chat. I love it when you guys come along and you're part of the conversation. We see everything you're saying. We can interact with you. Uh, we had a few good moments tonight, so thank you for being a part of that. Um, of course, share this on your socials. Subscribe. I'm on the warpath to uh, 100,000 subscribers, hopefully by the end of 2024. That's the goal. If I can reach it before we 
hit uh, before we get into another bull run, then I'm going to be feeling pretty good about that before we get into previous all-time highs. We'll see. We'll see what happens first, but I'd I'd love to get there. Either way, I appreciate you guys being here. Um, A couple things before I go. go. Normally, I do this just on the news show, but I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Coming up uh, next... In, in like two weeks time, I've got the Saturday sat market coming up. What I'm trying to do, I'm building a Bitcoin circular economy here in my home city of Calgary. We have 30 merchants on board that are all uh, coming and they all like this is not is, they're not even Bitcoin specific businesses in the most part. It's like farmers that have beef and eggs. There's like barbers. There's there's people that that write children's books. There's there's all these different things. They're all coming together because they love Bitcoin. They want to accept Bitcoin and we're building a circular economy. We're calling it the Saturday Sat Market. It's happening December 16th in Calgary, Alberta in the morning. It's going to be massive. If you are not from Calgary, if you can't make it into Calgary, I don't care. I still want you to amplify it. Why? Because I want to build a blueprint that can be replicated in any city anywhere. We need this. People are worried about censorship. People are worried that you're going to you're going to your off-ramps and on-ramps aren't going to be available anymore. But you know what happens when you create relationships with people, when you interact with people, when you know the guy that you get your beef from and you pay him bitcoin, people can't fuck with you. And if you build a peer-to-peer circular economy, they could come, they could kick in the door of this market at some point and say, you're not allowed to do this anymore. But we all know each other. And that's the goal. We want to know each other. What are you going to do? Pretend that I don't know these people anymore? Tough. We already do. So that's the goal. Help me build it. Help me replicate it. This is what I want. I think this is what you guys want too. So let's build it. Uh, find it on Orange Pill app, Saturday Sat Market. It's also over on meetup.com. We're going to be making a website for it. And the hope with the website as well is that every instance of a Saturday Sat Market happening in any city can be listed there as well. So help me build it. Let's make this first one a su- uh, success and let's build plenty more. And the last thing I'll say is uh, I got the Christmas show coming up December 22nd. Guest list looks insane. It's going to be a lot of fun. So don't miss that. That's coming down the pipeline in uh, in a few weeks here, December 22nd. So it should be a lot of fun. Anyways, guys, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna wrap up here. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you guys for being here. I really do appreciate it. Like, sub, share, all those normal things that, that help in plenty of different ways. Uh, if you want to help in another way, you can hit up the previously mentioned sponsors down below, Hoddle Hoddle, CoinKite, Seedor, Nunchuck, and Start9. And if you really liked what you saw, if you watched the tutorials on the regular and uh, you need a little bit of additional help. Number one, actually, before shilling myself, I'm going to shill uh, Surfer Jim and uh, the Bitcoin Advisor. Those guys are awesome. I love Peter. I love what he's building. And those guys are are incredible. So you can absolutely go to them. If you do want to deal with me, if you want to uh, like add a, a, a sequel to the tutorial that you just watched, you can always book me for one-on-ones well. as well. There's a QR code on the screen you can scan right now to get to my website. Uh, and if you're listening on the pod afterwards, it's just btcsessions.ca. Anyways, guys, with that, I am out. Have yourselves a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. I'll see you guys next time for your daily session. Huddle the Bitcoin.